Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. Welcome back. How was your <laughs> three weeks, I guess it's been? It's terrible. It's been terrible. It's our penultimate episode of 2021. Um, and we're trying to get back to a normal schedule, but these are not normal times. The COVID is back. I thought our biggest problem was going to be the supply chain. And now yeah. we've got no, like COVID, COVID, COVID is it's in better wave. supply than ever. <laughs> so Except many people. The tests are not in supply. Like, wouldn't you think we would have figured this out by now to have like a supply of rapid tests? You cannot find them anywhere. It's crazy. Um, our, my office has been stockpiling them. And we actually had our oh, holiday good. party last night, which I'm sure will be a super spreader event. Although we had a stack to our credit, we had a stack of rapid tests at the door and you couldn't enter unless you took a rapid test, which is pretty good. Oh, that's yeah. good. I, I bet someone had COVID there. Though. I bet someone COVID <laughs> and I was exposed and here we go. So um, the main thing I'm worried about is that I have freaking Billy Joel tickets for the floor of Madison Square Garden on Monday night. And whether it's uh, that it's going to be canceled or it's going to be unsafe and I'm not going to want to go or, it's or gonna you're going to be... go and feel worried the whole time. Right. I mean... It's uh, yeah, it's, you know, it is symptomatic of this week, which is one big nope. One big nope. This is a podcast called Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. We're just a couple of New York Jews talking about the news, beating back the blues. Made a podcast and news why Had to laugh so we don't cry Come and join us for the ride Welcome to No Okay, well, Rachel, we had a great guest uh, lined up for last week. And of course, again, consistent with 2021, nothing Everything worked out. Everything fell apart. I know no. we were supposed to have Lauren Good, um, friend of the pod, uh, writer at Wired Magazine. She was going to talk about all the personal technology, but you know, everything got derailed for reasons I will <laughs> soon describe. Um, and the week was all schmagoo. So we're a week late and also a day late because we normally record on Wednesdays. But who gives a shit? We, we report, report to, to nobody. nobody. <laughs> right. and, Although at, the, yeah. at this party last night, as we were transmitting COVID uh, to each other, um, someone did come up. Multiple people came up to me and said, like, hey, what's going on with the podcast? I haven't heard you in a few weeks. And I think that the greatest compliment is for people to note our absence. Like, I care less yes. if people actually like the podcast. I care if they notice when we're gone. Uh, that's It makes the heart grow fonder. I want to see our numbers, like, shoot through the moon this this week so <laughs> okay. that'll be exciting <laughs> so tell your friends okay rachel uh i was gonna ask did anything interesting happen but something kind you know, of tragic you, happened you know the to whole... you this week. <laughs> yes so okay so this is the reason why we got derailed last week it's um my left ear it's not a sequel <laughs> to my left foot starring jeremy strong as daniel day lewis as me Although that would be it's really story, good <laughs> that would be that would be good it would, i'm writing the script um it's it's the story of my ear infection and it's a story that you brian know very well because you were right there at the at the very <laughs> genesis of this thing so this is what happened I woke up on Sunday, December 5th, which was a monumental day because it was the day that your birthday dinner was supposed to take place. And I rarely go out and I was really pumped for it. And I wake up with this sharp pain in my ear as if like someone's like shucking like an oyster inside <laughs> of my ear. Okay. Do you know what, do you know what that and... feels like? I've, I've never had it. <laughs> 
Anyone you said that as if you now speak I from do. experience. Okay. Well, I had recently been shucking oysters and I was like, this is what it must feel like to be an oyster. <laughs> to be the oyster. So, <laughs> so it was like the pain was so bad that I it was Sunday and I couldn't wait until Monday to see my doctor. So I went to urgent care and um, the doctor look, takes a look inside my ear and is like, are you a swimmer? And I said, no. Um, I mean, I swim sometimes and he's like, well, you have swimmers here. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not a swimmer in December. Um, and he's like, well, then I have no idea how you got this. So I went home and I like Googled, I, I Googled and I found out that you can actually get an ear infection from wearing earbuds for too long. So Brian, oh. you'll notice I'm wearing these gigantic, nice headphones. Cans, I'm, the cans. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> No more, no more earbuds. So um, I'd recently, what happened was I lost one of my AirPods Pros and I was wearing my long dormant regular AirPods while I was like waiting for the replacement AirPod. And then maybe I think that's how I got the infection. No, maybe? I mean, we, I don't everybody know. was wearing regular AirPods for years before they came out with the Pros. So like, was there a... a like a pandemic of swimmers here when those were the <laughs> there has been actually there yes there has been it's it's the it's the um illness that dare not speak its name <laughs> is there like a subreddit of people who are talking AirPods. about their AirPod swimmers Air here <laughs> Yes. Yes. So like, anyway, so I go to the, so I get these like, you know, antibiotic drops from, from the, um, the urgent care doctor and I took a painkiller and I was like, you know what, this is going to work right away. I'll be fine. By the end of the dinner, I'm going to be great. So I go and the meal was lovely. We had a delightful time, but by the end of the dinner, I was in agony because the painkillers were wearing off and I couldn't, you notice I couldn't even chew anything. <laughs> and it was, it was like, a delicious a... meal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was like, have so a kebab. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no. So on Tuesday, the pain still hadn't subsided. So I went to see my regular doctor and he prescribed stronger antibiotics. And then a day later I was still in pain. And so then I was on steroids. So I'm on like two different <laughs> antibiotics, steroids, and that helped, but I still, until this week, I could not hear out of my left ear. So I went to see an ENT, another hundred bucks down the drain. And, and this was interesting. I'm sitting there like in the waiting room, filling out this new patient form. And you have to do this section called ear history. You know, I guess like <laughs> any doctor wants to know, right? So I'm going, doctor. My ear <laughs> so I'm going through my whole ear history, check yes or no to a variety of things. Congestion. Yes. Blockage. Yes. Discharge. No, thank God. And then there's this unusual one all the way at the end. <laughs> Karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. Yes, please. <laughs> More. I've done Can karaoke like five times in the last month because that's what kind of office I work in. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if like doing karaoke is detrimental to ear health. In, in like, a particular way, like it's, I guess it's a sub, <laughs> like the Venn diagram of like loud music and singing and cheering <laughs> intersects at swimmer's ear. I don't know.
I don't know. I don't know. But so the, so the ENT is like, oh yeah, everyone's getting ear infections from AirPods and earbuds of all types. Um, and so then he like takes this vacuum and like sucks this debris out of my ear and that worked. I could finally, (laughs) I could finally hear. And like, honestly, like you don't know what you got till it's gone. And like, thank God for my left ear. I love it. You, you just don't appreciate it. You had paved paradise and you had put up a parking lot in your ear. In my ear. And so the moral of the story is do not. And if you're listening to this podcast on AirPods, take a break. You know, don't wear them for too long. Get get over the ear headphones, even though the ones I'm wearing look like two (laughs) giant cans. I think they're cool. They're by a brand named Jabra and I'll link to them in the show notes. They're, they're really great so far. I'm enjoying them and they're comfortable. They're like earmuffs. Yeah. I always wear that. Like these are the Sony ones that are actually inexpensive, but like a lot of the engineers wear and musicians and professional studios, but they're like 99 bucks and it's like standard. And maybe I'll recommend them to you. I, you, you seem happy with your Jabra's, but, um, I'll throw I'm the very, Sony's in yeah. there too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's what happened. That's <laughs> well, I had one personal story that I was going to talk about this week, but then it was trumped by something that literally just happened to me on the way home from the office. So um Oh, hot off the hot off the life. <laughs> hot off the life. I have a hot take on my commute home. <laughs> So um, I'm getting really scared to take the subway. I'm not like a nervous Nelly about COVID particularly, but with what's going on now, uh, I'm a little nervous. So I decided to take a car home and uh, I don't love Uber for all the corporate Uber reasons. And it turns out people in in New York may not know is that Revel, the scooter company, now has an Uber style service, except it's all Teslas. And it's an absolute delight. It's about the same price as an Uber, but Uh it's a freaking Tesla. And they pay the drivers by the hour so they don't like, and they give them health benefits and they don't have to own the cars and they don't have to pay for the gas because they just plug them in at the station. Oh, that's so nice. And, and it's, it's environmentally And the healthier. drivers are nice because they're treated like human beings and it's delightful. So I ordered a Revel to get home, a Tesla, and everyone thinks I'm all fancy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a little classy getting in a Tesla on the corner here. That's so cool. I, so I get in and uh, they're always very friendly. And then as soon as he starts moving, I hear this piercing scream, like literally like (laughs) (laughs) out the window. And I'm like, oh, my God, like some like a woman's scream. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's someone in trouble. Like, stop the car. Call the police. Um, And he goes, that's not a scream. It's a goat. What? (laughs) He has a goat in the car? (laughs) And I'm like, what do you mean? It's a goat there's a goat on the street he's like no i made the noise and he hits a button in the tesla and the ah! <laughs> oh it's, it's like a, a digital goat. goat it's a digital goat he goes some people think it's a hawk but it's really a goat i'm like who thinks it's a hawk like th- that's like the first thing that comes to mind if you hear that noise it's a hawk no yeah so he's like this is a feature of the tesla <laughs> that you can upload this noise making thing. And he goes, I love it because it freaks people out. Uh-huh. And, he, and he starts swerving around like Union Square, like like swerving up to people and hitting the goat. And the people like have a heart attack and they like jump <laughs> off the sidewalk. I'm glad he's amusing himself, honestly. Like <laughs> No, I, but he's I, doing it far too much. <laughs> like it's like this is his hobby. <laughs> like uh-huh. I love it. I love it when you love what you do. 
<laughs> this yeah. guy loves what he do, does. And um, But then it started to go sour because he pulled up next to a woman walking a dog. And it was almost like a Coco dog. And he's like, ooh, dogs hate the goat. Watch this. And he hit the goat, and the goat and the dog fucking freaked out. Oh, that's not nice. That that's, was not. That's nice. That's a bridge too far. It was, like, fuck it was, with people, but no, leave don't the dogs fuck alone. With the dogs, right? Okay. So then we stop at a at a red light at a crosswalk, and he says, "Now watch this," and he hits the button again. And it's, I don't like talking about the scatological humor here, but it's what I can only describe as a loud, wet fart. Oh, God. That, like, is blasting out of the car. <laughs> like, out of the car? Yes, we're, like, on Union Square. Oh, no, this is broadcasting out of the car. So there he's are like, speakers, he's like, like... Yeah, he says, like, oh, it doesn't, if it sounds loud to you here... It's really loud outside. So they have okay, okay, okay. Sure. So and then he pulls up to the next red light. And he's like, "Oh, I'm going to move to the right side because I need a few more victims." And he hits the fart again. Oh my god! <laughs> he goes. He goes. I usually use the goat, but I save the fart for the crosswalks, <laughs> and then I, and then I just hit him with it. You were like on a kamikaze mission. Okay, I swear over the course of this like relatively short drive, there must have been 75 goats and farts emitted <laughs> from my Tesla. And then yeah. it starts getting dark again. Serves because... you right for thinking you're fancy. Yes. Right. The he goes like, he's like, I love this. This makes my life. He goes, oh, and you want to know what's best? And meanwhile, I'm getting into it. I'm like, oh, I bet you like to go on the Upper East Side to Madison Avenue and scare all the fancy ladies. He's like, yeah, but I know what I love more. I love catching them all by the hospital. I love driving. Oh, my God. <laughs> driving by the hospital. This is like a new, like modern day taxi driver, you yes, know? Yes, yes, And then we were about to go, we were at a crosswalk and someone was crossing in front of him. I said, he said, watch this. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. And it was just like old man, like walking with a cane across the crosswalk. And he goes, oh, no, no, I'm not going to do it. I respect my elders. Oh, so, okay. So there so are some lines he will not cross. Right. He also, he'll do dogs, but he won't do puppies. So there was a puppy, and he wouldn't do the puppy, but he would do the scare of the dog. Um, so he's like swerving fifty times, and I have to admit, this guy's an insaniac, and 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 a border, and a borderline like human right driving human rights violation. <laughs> and yet I'm laughing my guts out this entire <laughs> drive home. That's and good. and what I get right out, what I get out, of course, in tribute, I get out of the car. He says, "Have a good night," and then he lets out one big salutary <laughs> fart for me. <laughs> <laughs> a farewell, and it like knocks a me off my farewell, and it like <laughs> knocks me off my feet. <laughs> it's so loud. <laughs> anyway, so that is what happened to me. Merely. <laughs> Nearly a half hour ago when I got home from work. Anyway, you, wow. You never know what's going to happen in New York. You know? <laughs> only in New York, kids. Only in New York. Okay, uh, let's jump into the dopes, Rachel. Uh, you want to talk about a little politics because it's only getting worse and weirder and more awful and more nopey. Yeah. 
Yes. And, and so there's some glimmers of possible hope. So just in time for Christmas, the January 6th committee is getting to the bottom of things. And these are things that we could have told you had happened because the whole insurrection was live streamed and broadcast and it was pretty obvious what was going on, but they are finding concrete evidence, which is good. So um, for those of us who care about accountability and democracy, it's been very exciting. And to recap what transpired <laughs> this week, <laughs> so Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, was supposed to testify before Congress. Also a former, I'm always interested, former congressman. So you would think a former congressman who gave up his seat. He gave up his seat to like work for Trump and like now he's undermining our whole um, system. So it's quite, it's quite a trajectory <laughs> for him. Um, so something happened between the moment that he released his memoir a couple of weeks ago and this past Tuesday when he was supposed to appear before Congress to testify. And what happened is that it seems that Donald Trump got mad at him, possibly, probably because his book revealed that Trump had tested positive for the coronavirus right before his debate with Joe Biden, which is such an abomination. But I feel like that was like two years ago that that news came out. So like we're and, and I assumed that was the case anyway. So of course, yeah. I'm sure if you go back to our podcast that week, we were like, he definitely had COVID. <laughs> There's no way he didn't. So um, so anyway, so Meadows suddenly uh, does an about face and decides not to cooperate with the committee. Um, and not only that, but he sued the the committee to block the subpoena and Liz Cheney was like I look forward to litigating <laughs> that which was great so because the thing with Mark Meadows is that he's fucked like he is so seriously fucked he already before doing this he sent the committee troves of emails texts and all these other documents of like, like incriminating self-incriminating like powerpoint text. of a right. coup like he, <laughs> How, picked, he picked the wrong point at which to stop cooperating if he was going to not cooperate he should have done it before he turned he over should have done evidence. it before do you think maybe he had like a file that was like do not send and like <laughs> decided to accidentally send that file no he had a, he had a one file that was like maybe send <laughs> and another one that was like absolutely do not send <laughs> And then they and got them and they got them got mixed the up. It <laughs> yes. was like a, a gust of wind and they all blew away and he tried to reassemble them. Because these are not like the world's greatest technology geniuses. So I could totally see that happening. But so like, so anyway, so they're in possession of all of this information and they obviously want to ask him about it, which is totally reasonable. And he won't come. He won't talk about it. So the, so the January 6th committee has been dropping these little titillating poster sized text messages. I love the posters. Like they're like blowing this shit up. And like, I mean, I don't like the font so much, but I, I like, <laughs> Wait, what is it like cartoon? Like what's that called? It's not comic, comic sans. It should be comic sans. It's like, it's not quite Helvetica. It's like a little bit more like oblong. I'm not, I'm not so into it. Um, but so they're holding up these posters and reading the messages so that we, the people watching can see how involved Mark Meadows was in all these events as they were unfolding. Um, and so the, the content of the text beyond the, the font and the size of them is totally chilling. So many of them were from unnamed Congress people that the committee knows who they are, but they didn't say. But then there were a few that they did name 
who the sender was. And they were from Fox News hosts, Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity, Brian Kilmeade. They're all begging and pleading for Mark Meadows to get Trump to do something to call off the violence. And like, it was so funny, Laura Ingram, what did she say? She said something like, he's ruining his legacy. <laughs> legacy. Like, You're oh. undoing everything you've achieved. <laughs> right, right. Like right. that's the angle. That's why you should stop the yes, insurrection. Yes, his legacy. <laughs> okay. So, um, so then you've got Don Jr. texting Meadows saying this shit has to stop. And like, you wonder like, why isn't he calling his own dad? Probably because he doesn't take his phone calls. calls and then like once the whole once it's all over and the insurrection fails they circle the wagons and the fox network decides they're going to go on the air and blame antifa which is funny because why would they be texting donald trump's chief of staff to call off the rioting if antifa were to blame did they think well that Donald no Trump i mean like is... what they air is as no fidelity to what they actually think i mean they're of course e we know evil this. but they're not stupid right right and right. like that's the atn oh i'm sorry fox uh, uh -huh. agenda right okay Right. So anyway, so it, it exposed their utter hypocrisy and disdain for their own viewers. But um, it's all a very smart move, I think, on the part of the January 6th committee to drop these texts as they're voting on whether to hold Meadows in contempt, which they wound up doing, which is great. So, um, yeah, so but it's still I up to the Justice Department as to whether to prosecute. And I just feel like there's some scenario that they're not going to prosecute. I I don't see how they, I mean, if they don't, it's such a disaster. Like, like, why do you even get a trial? Like prosecution implies there's a, an indictment and a trial. Like, why do you even get that? You don't get that. Like, there's no due process. Like, no, like, it's no. very clear cut. Like, have a 30 second trial that like <laughs> you were subpoenaed to show up. You did not show up. Guilty is guilty. Like, that's it. Like I understand the impulse to not want to like politicize the Justice Department, but tough shit. Like they staged an insurrection. Like we have to get to the bottom of this. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah. So I don't know. So you wonder, like, what is he doing here? Right. Like what exactly? No. Is so here's here's my if I if I may zoom out for a moment, okay. I will refer Please. back to rule number one, which is when you're in a hole, stop digging. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mark Meadows realized he was in a hole. He decided the best strategy was to start to cooperate. And then he continued digging. He could have totally like minimized the the jeopardy of his situation. And then I also ask, like, what is their end game in behaving like this? Any of these characters? Is it to curry favor with Trump? I think there is a storyline here where Trump, maybe even by the midterms, as we're seeing by some of the congressional candidates and McConnell and the senators all starting to like beginning to distance themselves maybe a little bit yeah. now that they're getting primaried by the Trump insaniacs, right? Yeah. So like that's not necessarily like a winning strategy. Is it to stay out of jail? Well, I would say that the way to stay out of jail is to keep Cooperate. cooperating and like cut a deal and like maybe avoid the jail time because otherwise you're going to jail. Maybe it's to run down the clock. Yes, until... that's it. That's, okay. that's the end game. Like not cooperating is the end game in and so, of itself. So they so, think that the, the Republicans are going to take back the House. Donald Trump is going to be the Speaker of the House. Yes, yes. Right. This is like 
they know they're fucked. They tried to stage a coup and overthrow the government and they failed. But the new Republican Congress is more than a year away and the Justice Department is always going to be Democratic and they have at this point unilateral control as to whether to prosecute or not. And I don't know how that works. So they're just lawyering up. They're going to try and run out the clock, sue, countersue, do everything they can and just hope that they can like save themselves in time for the GOP to take the House in 2022. And then they could summarily disband the January 6th committee, uh, pretend this never happened, install Donald Trump as Speaker of the House and then dictator. And the fucked up thing, the truly fucked up thing is that this plan might work. <laughs> like, that's what's so scary. We are in We're gonna uncharted be here. Water We're going to be here a year from now or a year. Yeah. And talking about the Donald Trump speakership. Oh, Which my is, God. No, I mean, we'll uh, have to leave. We'll have to, no, we'll have to leave or go <laughs> start a daily podcast because there'll be so much material. OK, can we shut this down, please, Rachel? Yes. No, nope. no, nope. no. No, just... Mark Meadows. Like, no, you're no. you're. No, no, it's please, over. It's over. Please, Merrick Garland, prosecute Mark <laughs> Meadows. OK, so uh, let's move on. I uh, maybe we could have started this because as we're coming to the end of the year, we get to like, you know, the time person of the year and you get the like big songs of the year Elon so Musk forth. person of Elon the year Elon Musk I have my opinions about that we can get back to that <laughs> I would say maybe the doctors who invest invented the vaccine should maybe be maybe. the person of the year people of the year okay so um no this is the story of the year as determined by a vote of the hosts of no of us. and <laughs> the result was unanimous okay <laughs> So I'm going to read the headline, and I'm going to read it slowly to give you a chance to digest all. It's of the a headline for closet, our times. Right? It's really, <laughs> it really, if there was a headline the to most describe 20, this moment, <laughs> twenty-one thing ever. Yes, okay, okay, here we go. <clears throat> Former U.S. Senate candidate and first Maine resident to catch COVID, Max Lynn, found dead in a hot tub after being sued for pulling gun on former aid during cryptocurrency disagreements. It's got everything. <laughs> it's got everything. <laughs> Let me read that again. Former U.S. Senate candidate and first Maine resident to catch COVID, Max Lynn, found dead in hot tub after being sued for pulling gun on former aid during cryptocurrency disagreement. And, okay, so I, I anyway, think and, the, <laughs> and the People magazine headline was um, Maine lost a character. Uh, that's that's <laughs> really the understatement of the century, but okay. Like he but was a character. Yes, go ahead. I yes. think like if you if you're looking at this in terms of like a character built story everything has to lead to something else right so well there so, is a yes i have a story arc here like it so it starts so does the death in the hot tub is it a direct result of the cryptocurrency disagreement um no believe it or not the death in the i'll i'll, I'll i'm gonna go chronologically okay. through it's sort of five acts okay. it's almost like it's the a... the death in the hot tub is both the least interesting and least documented part of this it's almost <laughs> as if this guy like after everything i'm gonna tell you like just couldn't take anymore <laughs> and just gave up the ghost in the hot tub okay so max lynn so he is known as covid patient zero in maine um so he he ran for the Senate. He's a retired financial planner. 
He ran for the Senate in 2020 in the Susan Collins race um, as a, quote, conservative independent. And out of all the like cuckoo candidates who ran, he finished in last place. Um, Okay, so let's dig a little deeper on that. Why is he COVID patient zero? How do you know that, right? Well, I know that. We know that because he traveled to Wuhan, China in in late December 2019. Okay, why? Well, not conclusive, pretty damning. But what? Okay. Where he, where I'm sure he went to like the bat restaurant in the in the. Mount he just Market. traveled there just randomly, like or. Is well, he when like... you hear more about what he's involved in, it makes no more or less sense than anything else about him. <laughs> okay. Now, just a little backstory on Max Lynn. He had previously run uh, in Florida, where he came from, until recently when he moved to Maine. He had run for Senate, for governor, and for congressman. And, of course, he lost all of those terribly. He's a very high opinion of himself. Yes. Well, he th- the world deserves a lawmaker like Max Lynn, um, especially Fake it now. Fake until you make it, baby. You know? <laughs> okay. And then when he ran for, uh, for Senate from Maine, he was very famous because in the, a, a big TV debate, he cut up face masks, COVID face masks. And someone asked him a question. One of the moderators asked him a question. He refused to answer it. And he kept repeatedly shouting, request denied, request denied, (laughs) request denied. So, um, okay, so a little bit of a lunatic. So we lost- It's like when cousin Greg is like, no comment, no comment. (laughs) You don't have to say it. You just deny the request. Deny the request, (laughs) right. He he might as well have pled the fifth at a debate. (laughs) So after he lost the election, then uh, he, he, to redeem himself, he participated in the January 6th insurrection. Of Um, course. Yes. And in an interview after the fact, he justified it by saying, we honestly felt, no matter how crazy it sounds, that it would be a victory party. Yeah, they thought they were going to overthrow the government. Yes. Yes. They did not. Thankfully. Okay. So then what about this pulling the gun? So who did he pull the gun on? He pulled the gun on this campaign aide named Matt McDonald. Why did he have that happen with the cryptocurrency? It turns out that uh, Max Lynn gave him $225,000 to invest in cryptocurrency earlier in 2021. Okay. But Matt McDonald says that Lynn reversed course on this investment, and he did this upon return from an overseas trip where he sought to buy drugs that were falsely touted as COVID cures. So he gave, wait, who, I don't so know. So he liquidated he his crypto assets and bought no. drugs? Well, here's, here's my question. Why do you need someone else to invest in crypto for you? Like start a Coinbase account, account. do some MetaMask or something and just like put your money in there. It's pretty fucking easy. Um, And but no, there was this like tangled web of his aid and then the COVID cures and going back to China. And then when uh, the aide, McDonald, confronted Lynn about this because Lynn had absconded with this money, um, Lynn pulled out a gun, pointed it at McDonald. Um, when they tried to resolve the dispute. And this was a filing because he wanted to have a like restraining order against him. Uh-huh. Um, and 
Then, for unknown reasons, the campaign aide withdrew the restraining order, and then shortly thereafter, Max Lind was found dead in a hot tub, ostensibly of a heart attack. Mm. But I would question, at risk of slander libeling someone here, <laughs> that Matt McDonald, who, who withdrew, mysteriously withdrew this restraining order, who is a who is a party to this cryptocurrency dispute <laughs> may or may not have been involved in these suspicious deaths. May not, but I also think that the we should consider the drugs that Max Lynn is buying to prevent COVID. Right? Well, we're, yeah, no, he actually he was. I guess he was supposed to go to overseas to invest the cryptocurrency, but then he actually was taking that money to go and invest in the COVID, the fake COVID cures. Maybe he uh, took the fake COVID cures and, and it had an allergic reaction. <laughs> I think that's very fanciful. <laughs> very generous interpretation of what happened. I think Occam's razor, the simplest explanation is that. Is that the Next former aide who he was in a big <laughs> cryptocurrency fight with somehow killed him? Yeah, somehow killed him in a hot tub. So anyway, that's the whole story. Uh, but uh, I'm glad, hopefully, it was helpful to our listeners that I was able to. <laughs> it's, it's, it's news you can use. <laughs> of course. Of course. Please. This is a morality lesson. This is a... a <laughs> It's a morality play. Except with like no ending. <laughs> no beginning. No, no middle. <laughs> no ending. Okay, shut this down. Nope. Okay, nope. No. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, Rachel, so, you have another one. Let's go. This is another very complicated story. And um, <laughs> you were talking about goats before in, in your Tesla. And it reminded me of this topic because there was this whole like uproar this week about throat goats yeah, it was like, trending it was trending it was, right? throat goat was trending and the question is what is it and what does it have to do with nancy reagan <laughs> <laughs> so. i saw that i mean i i saw this before but like I just was floored. It was I'm just like, like, huh? At first, I was like, huh? That's strange. And then it's like, oh wait, everyone. You don't hear a this. lot about Nancy Reagan. I told <laughs> no. someone about this, and like, is she alive? And I'm like, no, she'd be like 110. She's yeah. not alive. No. No, but so just what we need to close out 2021, some like breaking Nancy Reagan news, some uh, uncovering some secrets. Um, so evidently, this is something that some people knew, but now everybody knows. Um, Nancy Reagan was the, when she was Nancy Davis, she was the original blowjob queen in Hollywood, plying yeah, her trade she, on the she MGM was, backlot. Yeah, she was like a starlet, right? When Ronald yeah, Ray was, was an starlet. actor, she was a starlet. Nancy yeah. Davis. So whatever no no shame so she was the blowjob blowjob queen yeah she was known for this so uh, so i was on instagram and i start noticing our friend um the playwright and comedian glace chase who is in australia right now for the opening of her play triple x and the, the, and the only person who has ever stood in as a guest host of nope when you couldn't make an episode yes. she sat in yeah Yes, and we we miss her a lot. She's been living in Australia for the past, for the whole pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but instead of promoting her 
play triple X, she's posting all this stuff about Nancy Reagan and goats. And like, I didn't quite understand what was going on. So then I went to Twitter and there was Nancy Reagan and throat goat trending. And I'm like, shit, I have so much to do. Do I really want to get involved with this? <laughs> is this worth the my answer- time? Really? <laughs> the answer is always yes. You have a career, you have a child, yes. you have time for Nancy Reagan. For throat goats, but yes. So but I was like, what the fuck is a throat goat? What does it have to do with Nancy Reagan? So the whole thing, so I dug deeper. The whole thing was kicked off by a Twitter post from a person, a, a total garbage monster called Classically Abby. And this person is Abby Shapiro. She is the sister of conservative troll Ben Shapiro. And Abby tweeted a photo of Madonna on a bed looking very sexy and sultry at 63, God bless, in her fishnets and she's got a boob hanging out. And she juxtaposes that image with the Reagan family with Nancy in the middle wearing like nautical stripes and a straw hat. (laughs) And like, there was like, there's an article in Vice that described her look as where's Waldo grandma cosplay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which I thought was amazing. I see that, I can see that. Yeah. So the caption was, this is Madonna at 63. This is Nancy Reagan at 64. Trashy living versus classic living. Which version of yourself do you want to be? Okay. So many questions. Why trashy living versus classic? Why not classy living? Why did she say? No, it's grammatically appalling. It's appalling, right? But and so then some people noticed the irony of this woman, Abby, slut shaming Madonna when it was Nancy Reagan who was the the expert in the fellatio arts, according to uh, <laughs> Kitty Kelly's biography. So Nancy Davis, quote, was known to give the best blowjob in town, not just at night, but in offices. <laughs> not just at night, but during the day. She was unconstrained by the position of the sun. Why does it say not just at night, but in offices? That is not a parallel construction. (laughs) One is the time of day. One is the location. You could be in the office at night. (laughs) Like, that makes no sense. I mean, yeah. So (laughs) time is a flat circle. (laughs) (laughs) So she says this is one of the reasons why (laughs) Nancy Davis was so popular so popular on the MGM lot <laughs> by night by day by 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 night by office by by, by anywhere by land by sea <laughs> one if I land two if I see okay so now we know where this whole thing started but how we got from that to throat goat can only be explained by one person, and that is Glace Chase, our roving Australian correspondent. Take it she away. Sent us, take it take away, it Glace. Brian and Rachel, it is Glace, your correspondent from Australia. I miss you guys. Um, I just needed to let you guys know that I have had the most horrific week myself over here. I woke up a few days ago to Twitter trending two words, uh, Madonna and Nancy. And of course, uh, Madonna being Madonna and Nancy being Nancy Reagan, two of my most favorite people in the world, of course. And I was like, well, what the hell is going on here? And why is the word goat throat 
goat being mentioned. I had no idea what was happening. So I Googled. Now, apparently some uh, a conservative commentator who I can't remember, she'd done a YouTube. It's, it's like an Ann Coulter or a Tomy or one of those bitches from The View that has been fired. She wrote this snarky post uh, of Madonna's latest photo shoot where Madonna looks, you know, like, well, a hoe like a big, big slut. Um, she did a, a, a photo shoot. She posted that photo of Madonna saying, well, this is Madonna at 63. And then a photo of Nancy Reagan at 63, um, which is totally ageist and slut shaming and whatever. But then some genius out there, and this is one of the good uses of the internet, one genius out there went back and found out in Nancy Reagan's uh, biography that apparently Nancy, back in her day, was known for being a bit of a throat goat. Now, what the hell is a throat goat? Well, of course, uh, as, as Meryl Streep found out, a goat doesn't actually mean you're like a goat. It means greatest of all time. But when you put throat and goat in the same word together, is it really saying that it's the greatest of all time? Because everyone knows that goats are very sexy animals. I mean, Edward Albee wrote a play about goats being hot, like the way those big eyes look up at you. And uh, uh, so I think that um, uh, Nancy Reagan being called a throat goat actually is more of an indication of how goat-like Nancy Reagan is. Why are we slut-shaming Madonna, though? Because Madonna might have gone off the rails recently, but she is letting us all have it as a 63-year-old. I am living for it. Live your life, Madonna. She is definitely a yep from me. And slut-shaming Madonna is a nope from me. And the biggest year of uh, yeps for me is discovering, of course, I too am a throat goat. Much love to you all. I miss you guys. I'll see you in a couple of months when I'm finally back. Take care. So what's amazing about <laughs> Glace's dispatch from the Antipodean climbs is she never really makes clear is, well, first of all, <laughs> it's the explanation with no explanation. <laughs> Which is why she's the our finest living entertainer. Is yes. like is the throat goat, is it like a goat? Like is it related to a goat or greatest of all time? I mean, I think the the intended usage is greatest of all time, but also the way Glace describes it, it's like a sexy goat. It's a, it could it could be both. It, it could, could be, be everything. So I, I want this whole that, that dispatch to be expanded into like a one act play. <laughs> or two. <laughs> Or, or, or one, one woman show, one woman show, a one woman show. Yes. So, um, thank you so much, Glace, for we should just end it on that note on because let, let our listeners draw their own conclusions. We cannot say it yeah, draw better your, than Glace. We cannot say it's up for interpretation. <laughs> and if you live in Australia, we do have a lot of listeners in Australia. Go see Glace's play Triple X, which is opening, God willing, in January at the Sydney Theater company yeah bup, yeah bup, bup, very bup, bup, bup. and okay. she'll be back in a few months and uh, maybe she'll be a guest or a guest host or she will whatever. yeah i'm sure she will okay uh so nope to the nancy reagan the throat nope goat. to classically abby nope to slut shaming <laughs> i mean 
No. No, there's okay. a lot of notes in there. Okay, I have a I have another item. So since we're doing 2021 in review, one of the the themes that we've been covering is chaos in the world of animal contests. <laughs> animal husbandry. <laughs> no, animal contests. <laughs> Which is a very specific topic about which it's a subset we are of animal husbandry. It's a subset of a subset of which we are expert on which we are experts. Yes. And you may recall that I don't know, last episode, two episodes ago, we talked about the New Zealand bird of the year oh, contest, the bird. which this year was that a was bat. Hacked. It was a bat. Right. So yes. um this year, this episode, we have a new one that is consistent with this theme. And it's another one where the headline says it all, which is 40 camels disqualified from Saudi beauty pageant after it was revealed that they were given performance enhancing drugs. 40 camels disqualified from a Saudi beauty pageant. What kind of beauty pageant is this, you may ask? Well, let me give you a little context. Was it a camel beauty pageant? Yes, or there like... is. Every year, there is a camel beauty contest at the King Abdulaziz Camel Festival. And you may think this is a sort of honorary prize, some sort of, uh, you know, uh, pride kind of thing. No, you, there is $66 million in prize money at stake for this okay. camel beauty contest. And they judge the camels. It's like the Kentucky Derby. Yes, by the shape of the head, uh, by the, lashes, the, by the, the neck, lashes. by the neck, by the hump, by the dress, because they dress them oh, up. Oh, the hump is the most important <laughs> part, I would think. <laughs> They're lovely camel humps. The dress, <laughs> the posture. So the question <laughs> that dare not speak its name is that performance enhancing drugs. What is that performance enhancing drug? And the answer, of course, is Botox. Oh, so, so they have... do camels have? I guess they do have wrinkles. They have smushed no. faces. No, so it's for their head and lips. They inject with Botox, and that is strictly disallowed. Also. They did not stop at Botox. They also have fill fillers <laughs> for facial relaxation. Do these camels look like the Real Housewives of I, I, say, I picture one like Ramona. Like. <laughs> one like Lisa Vanderpump. <laughs> Actually, Lisa Vanderpump does kind of look like a camel, yes. like a Botox camel. <laughs> no, you know who really does? <laughs> I'm good at this. <laughs> Go ahead. What's her name? Camille Grammer. Yes. Yes. She looks great for 80. She looks great for a camel. <laughs> Sorry to all you this haters. Time, this whole time she's been a camel and we're just figuring it out now. They also take hormones to exaggerate their muscles. And uh, here's a quote um, from what they do. They're, they're stretching out the lips and noses of some camels and embellishing, embellishing certain body parts with rubber bands. So this is now going into territory that feels very uncomfortable, very um, disturbing. Why? Does the, the camel distortion make you uncomfortable? Yes, this is, yeah, this is animal abuse, you know, like. I don't know, maybe like... they like the way they look. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. Let them okay. be. <laughs> um, so uh, according to the Saudi authorities, because everything is run by the royal family, they're cracking down on fraud with what they call specialized and advanced technology. 
Um, I don't know what kind of Botox detection and rubber band. I mean, it seems like rubber bands would be fairly easy to detect. Yeah. Um, but the Botox, okay. And they say this today was the biggest, this week was the biggest ever bust of its kind. Um, they said the club is keen to halt all acts of tampering and deception in the beautification of camels, and they will impose strict penalties, which in Saudi Arabia scares me, the idea oh of strict penalties. Oh, my God. Penalty. What could the penalties be? But I hope, yeah. they're, I hope they're inflicting the strict penalties on the owners, like the jockeys, not the camels themselves. They're like the well, unwitting Not the jockeys, victims. the actual owners of the, the jockeys are just cogs in the system. You know? <laughs> they're in the, in the camel industrial they're complex. Cogs. <laughs> the hump. <laughs> so that's the whole story. They're they're okay. botoxing up the camels. In, that's upsetting. Uh, you know, I I'm glad that they are going to look into this because we need accountability. Whether it's in you know January sixth, January sixth, or, or camel beauty pageants, if there's no accountability, bad behavior will go unchecked, and before you know it, you'll have camels with breast implants and Donald Trump is the speaker of the house. So accountability. So no. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So uh, actually that's the end of our nopes. Uh, Now it's time for our yups. Uh, These are the little rays of light, the little beacons of hope that got us through the week. Rachel, I would be honored if you went first. Yeah. So, okay. So this was actually kind of a nope that we weren't sure if it was a nope or a yup, but it sounded like a nope. It's um, we, we talked about this movie that was coming out called night bitch starring Amy Adams about a mom who turns into a dog. Oh, this, this isn't the one with like uh, Steve Mnuchin's wife, Louise. No, <laughs> no, no, no. So this like is like Megan Allison optioned this book called Night Bitch. And we were like, I don't know about that. It was, it was one of those things where I was like, it's all in the execution. This could be a total disaster or the most amazing film ever. And anyway, so I read the book on which the film will be based. It's not in production yet, but the book is by a, an author named Rachel Yoder. And I read it in a weekend. It is like my favorite novel. What's the topic of, the of, this, of this book and novel, of this book and movie? I'm not it, familiar or so I don't remember. A, so it's about a woman who recently had a baby. She has a young son and her husband travels a lot. And so she's alone and she feels herself turning into a dog. And it's oh. like Kafka, it's Kafka-esque, yes. but very modern and so funny and so like just um, smart about motherhood so it's like and dark, that time. dark comedy, dark, lighthearted, but also. Yes. Okay. It sounds like, great. It's great. It is so well written. And um, and now I'm excited for the movie with Amy Adams. Like it cannot come out soon enough. So I'm sorry about my previous nope because now it's like the biggest yup. Okay. Yup tonight, it takes, bitch. It takes a brave woman to <laughs> yeah. switch a nope to a yup. Um, my yup is also a book. It's called The Dawn of Everything, A New History of Humanity. And I like these like broad sweeping narratives about like how humans evolved and came from Africa to like whatever, populate the world and breed with the Neanderthal. I love all that shit. And this is like they it's it's brilliant. It's a very big book. So it's going to take me the rest of the year to finish. Um, But basically it it starts with the question of like, why is there inequality in the world? And mm-hmm. it it basically reframes that question in terms of I don't even know how to describe it. It it goes back to like Native Americans and it assumes that like there was a idealistic period 
like between the ice age and the emergence of farming where there was like these hunter gatherers who behaved in a certain way. And that we just assumed that it was one big archaic period where nothing happened. And in fact, they dig down it's by one anthropologist and one archeologist with like, it's all very science backed and they go in and discover like how much of an incredible diversity of social systems, political systems there were during that time. Yeah, there must've been because there were more of them. Yes. And I'm, that's right. And that like we didn't have to be this way. And in fact, what we have now is it's because people say like, oh, once we had farming, then we had cities and we were stuck. Right. And, and that's the point. Like there could have been many other different paths and there were many yes. societies that did different things. So it's not so much that like inequality is inevitable. It's just that we got stuck into this one path. Path dependence. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Oh, I didn't smarter than me about that. This was a new concept to me. So anyway, it's a great book. The only sad note is that it's written by these guys, these guys, these like brilliant professors, David Graeber and David Weingrau. And David Graeber spent 10 years of his life working on this. And then he died two months or before the book was published. Oh, that's and now it's actually a bestseller for a very like, it's kind of like Sapiens by like Yuval Noah Sort of like Guns, Germs, and Steel. Yes. Exactly. Oh, they devastate that book though. They're like, yeah. that is like a simplistic and incorrect and racist version. So it's a great revisionist history. I talked for too long about it already, but I highly recommend it. If oh, you I'm need excited. A, yeah, you need that sounds good. If a project good. book, it's like, it's a little academic. It's five, 600 pages, but if you're looking for like a holiday season project, that is the one I recommend. Anyway, uh, so this has been really what fun. A, if, yeah, really this, fun. This it's was, great to be back, but like, whew, what a yeah. few weeks we've been through. Like, yeah, yeah. We, we're really going to try hard to get in a new episode, I think, next week. Next Wednesday. We'll try and next put week. one out. Yeah, we'll try and put one out. We do our best. We do what we can and we take what we get. Hey, you know, you get what you get and you don't get upset. What choice do you have, you know? (laughs) You can't force us to publish a (laughs) podcast. Like, we can't even force each other. Um, So if you have enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and better yet, tell a friend in real life. I found this podcast that I like. I'm not going to plug them, but, like, I've been telling everybody about it. And that's the way the word spreads. I bet they, like, double their listenership based on me, just on me alone telling people about it. So you could be that person for us. If you love Nope, be that person who tells everybody you know and double our listenership. We're already growing. We've been growing. Just keep us growing. Just keep us growing. Rocket ships. Rocket ship. Rocket ship to the moon. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a terrible week, but I hope you can tell we have had a lot of fun and this has been a very fun episode to record. Thank you for listening. This has been Nope. The podcast where we shut it down.